0: Welcome to the Food Can Fix It podcast. I'm your host, Marianne Stixett. Today I'm joined by two activist chefs in the studio, Manal Alalam from Egypt and Anahita Dondi from India. The two have vastly different backgrounds, but they're united in a common passion for spreading knowledge about their traditional cuisine, championing women's participation in the culinary industry, and doing their bit to help us reach the sustainable development goals. Manal and Anahita came to the Eat Stockholm Food Forum as representatives of the Chefs Network, a global network of chefs... We're working to deliver a better food system for all. The network has produced the Chef's Manifesto, which spells out how chefs can contribute to the SDGs. Manal Lalam and Anahita Dondi, welcome to Food Can Fix It. Your network just launched the Chef's Manifesto here in Stockholm. Anahita, how is this going to help chefs make a difference?
1: Um, so thank you for having us here first. I think it's it's like this amazing global opportunity for all of us to come here together, like-minded people discussing things, very important issues. Um, most importantly, I think um, I believe in the Chef's Manifesto personally because we never really had something like this. We come together with an unbranded, absolutely pure chefs for chefs forum where we can discuss things very relevant. We can, um, when I I talk food, the other person understands because we've got, it's just not uh, the farmer. It's just not the customer. It's your employees in the restaurant. It's your costing. It's a high stress job being a chef. And I think only a chef can understand that. And we want to do everything good. We want to be sustainable. We want to put in, um, you know, everything we've got. But it's difficult. And I think having everyone on the same page, discussing that, coming up with solutions, it's 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 such a great feeling because you feel like you've got people around all over the world um, doing things, having ideas, and you can share that. So I think that's what the Chef's Manifesto is. And... Uh, with the UN goals, with the global goals, we've aligned ourselves and
0: everyone is working towards the different uh, goals. So that's what the Chefs Network is about. It's a yeah. chef's manifesto.
2: And it's uh, maybe it's different uh, concept for chefs. Usually we cook always. I gather with many activities all over the world, cooking, fishing, cooking festival. But we never discuss The the, like uh, targets we never discuss uh, uh, how to care about world, how to care about people, how to care about food. So this is really good chance for us. It's not just cooking.
0: (laughs) It's not just cooking, and 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 it's interesting because one doesn't necessarily think they see they can seem so far far they can seem so remote the sustainable development goals. What is it that makes? a chef feel that this is important for them and that they can contribute? What was it that brought this on your radar that you wanted to get involved and that you wanted to do your share as a chef towards the Sustainable Development Goals?
2: I think uh, we have to show the information. Most of the people, they don't know what is behind. When you see the plate on your table, you don't know how all the process to, we got to get this t- plate. So we need to show more information and I believe people are ready to, to hear about and to read and to act. I always believe that a human is having a really nice heart and they they want us just to give them a hand and everybody will help. Everybody will really support.
1: Absolutely. So I think um, I agree with her on so many levels. I feel like the knowledge, the education is, is lost. And what's happening is everyone is just running behind pretty looking food or you know large portions but we're not in we're not understanding the impact that it's creating in this world it's not just about us and that plate of food it's about us that plate of the food and the entire world and every process that's involved and I just feel um, especially from the countries that we
2: come from Can um, you let us know which countries you come from yes which countries so I come, come from, from India and uh, from Egypt and Jordan mm-hmm. and the Middle East. <laughs> the Middle so, East, yeah.
1: yes. So I think, you know, from the countries that we come from... Um We've had um, a lot of tradition of women cooking, uh, people peepin- people being involved in the kitchen, and for many many years. And that tradition is still still alive. And we do that. And I feel if those people, the the leaders of the family, the leaders of the kitchen, it could be a man or a woman. And if they are responsible and they have that knowledge, and if it's educated, you know, in schools and colleges, I think we can create. The better world and we can bring about that change and it's it's just such a it's it's a feeling where you feel empowered to know and when you know what you're doing and when you know for example if you've got leftovers don't throw that away use it for breakfast or use it for lunch or pack tiffin don't use plastic use paper in India we even though we've got plastic but small street vendors still would package your fruit in newspaper and you know that feeling is amazing because you're actually stopping plastic you're using cloth bags but we're doing something that we used to anyway do so many years back and it's just that globalizations brought about advancements but I think we've misused it and we need to look back we need to look inwards we need to see what our grandmothers ate and I, I know this can happen. we just have to be the drivers of change, and we need everyone on board absolutely yeah
0: <laughs> so in that sense, in a lot of ways, you are sort of a connector in in, in, in bringing uh, your 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 the eating habits back to their cultural roots and and, and and reminding people of what they what they ate before and and the diversity of of the the ingredients that they used to use and, and what they used to
2: eat. Um, Yeah. And, uh, you know, what's the most messages now we deliver that don't eat junk food, don't eat. We have to make the opposite. What to do, what to eat, not just don't do this, give this, make this, cook this, change this. Uh, I think this is what is missing Mm -hmm. That's the thing is that we're, we
0: keep being told what we're not supposed to. Yeah. Don't eat meat. Don't eat dairy products. You yes. want to re- you reduce your, your 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 footprint, then you can't do it. In the end, and these are things that people like. People, are, I mean, I'm I'm half French. I get very upset when people tell me I can't eat cheese anymore. It's it's, it's, it's taking something away that so you it's that, that people have a very emotional relationship to as well. Food yes. is is a big part of, of your identity and your culture. Mm. So so how do you turn it into? A positive message to get your to get people on board. What do you tell them?
2: Uh, I believe, um, as I told you, when you really talk to your heart and talk to uh, your brain, you you understand. So you are not uh, uh, talking to emotion. Emotion is what give us like uh, old memories. We are living in old memories. But uh, if you bring the message for our brain. Our brain will change will take another action, and will understand more, so this is the information and how really it will transform the people just to give them a perfect information and data they will understand when you tell me, for example, like how many bottles uh, are affecting the like the sea or the how how really we are we are unable to find water, how many for example cow are dying for. If you give me numbers, my brain will understand. So I will support, I will understand, I will act. And
1: I think she's speaking not only as a chef, I think she's speaking as a consumer, Mm -hmm. as a family member. And, you know, it's just about bringing that change in your families. And just to give you a little bit of an example, um, as a female chef in India, and I, I truly don't like quoting male or female it's just chef for me it doesn't matter if you're male or female but um, it is it is a male dominated industry and I think it has been for a very long time all around the world and uh, there are media companies there are interviews that I do and everyone keeps asking me what's your favorite dish or what do you want people to cook or you know what is it what, what is your message and I think um, even though I've been exposed and I love sushi and I love Asian food and i as any any person you know you would love junk food as well it's not that you wouldn't But I just say that, you know, eat in moderation. I'm sure all our ancestors did the same. Let's not be greedy just because we've got the conveniences, just because we've got the money and the power. Let's not do that. And I always say, I mean, I'm saying it from my own, you know, from my own home country, that my favorite dish is dal chawal. Just to explain to you, it's lentils cooked with spices and rice. And that with a little bit of yogurt and pickle, beats any dish for me because it's a wholesome dish. It's, I can't even tell you how inexpensive it is, but it's so nutritious. And um, currently we found out a lot more grains in India, which are much cheaper, use lesser water. And uh, they were ancient grains eaten by our ancestors. And I just feel looking inwards, um, obviously using the platform that we have to tell more people, to tell more consumers, we can, um, you know, convey that message.
0: That's, and that's usually important because it's it can't just be, it can't just be affordable. It has to be affordable. It has to be accessible. People have to have mm. access to and it. And it has to be delicious. And it has to be delicious. delicious yeah. yes. Otherwise, yes. if it's not delicious, <laughs> so that's the it's best not part. a solution. Oh,
2: yeah.
0: <laughs> and this is where chefs come in. Now, what was it that brought you, what was it that, how did you become chefs in the first place? Was it this or was it just a love of food or was it just... Love, of food. Just, it <laughs> a love,
1: love food. of food. I think yes. it's always <laughs> the love of food yeah, because yeah. if you don't love it, you can't be in this industry. It's, it's...
2: It's a you need a lot of passion and, and you need love to drive of giving. It. I think you know yesterday yeah, when we were we having a discussion. Yeah. Yesterday we were we we have to cook for like a, 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 what was the name 100, the, 100 people. Uh, no, the place uh, yesterday we
1: were the Smakopas. Smaka. Smaka.
2: Yes. I said okay we plan to cook one dish. Then after we finish I said, no I want to cook more. Let's make a dessert. Let's make you know you want to give. Uh, this is what uh, I mean. And do you still feel chefs, like this at home? Okay. Like, do you
0: or do you do you come home from work and think, oh, actually, I want to cook another dish? Or is this? Oh, well, yeah, you left left work and I'm all. I'm, I'm, I'm no, done no, with no. It. I want to give more. Yeah, I want <laughs> You're a chef. 24/7. Yeah. So it's before you leave.
2: <laughs> before
1: you leave for work, you want to make something for the family because mm. ultimately your goal is when you see other people eating the joy on their faces it's I can't tell you the. I mean I, I think both of us uh, me, speak of the same thing when they appreciate your food and they love it because you've actually put in so much love in, in creating that dish it's not just like oh let's just do this and it's it's just done in two minutes it takes time it takes patience but it's it's good for the family it's nutritious and you know that and even if I come back home there are times that I come back home in my chef coat and I'm in my kitchen and you know um, and my husband's then, we're just preparing a dish for ourselves, even though I'm like late, really late. But <laughs> I exhausted. know that one dish together, that nutritious dish is going to keep us really happy. Yes, and that's Africa. the same thing with the family or with the restaurant. And there is no other way that you can survive in this industry. And I think I've seen it from my mother. I've learned it from my mother. I've seen her cook. And I took that passion to culinary school and then to a restaurant called Soda Navala. And I keep my traditions and cuisine alive there. Has there
0: been a tr- a, a, um, an evolution in, in, in how you cook? Have you gradually moved towards making your food more plant free? Plant-based or, or making it more diverse? Has there been any any evolution, or and spe- especially also compared to what you trained us and what you cook today?
2: I think there is a very huge changing. I think uh, social media is doing a big changing. People like to learn more different dishes from all over the world. More restaurants. People are traveling more. So a lot of uh, even uh, our traditional cook recipes and they they are changing
1: they are (laughs) and sorry so I was just gonna add on to that Um, coming from India it was always I think we never really respected our food to make a restaurant out of it and I think a lot of Indian chefs even now um, just feel that you know Indian food is supposed to be eaten at home and uh, we don't have too many Indian restaurants doing regional Indian food and I mean I'm just touching upon this point every village in India we've got so many different cuisines it's so rich it's so rich in culture it's so rich in ingredients and flavor like the indian like if i don't eat indian food for a couple of days i crave it because of the spices and you know the so many layers mm. in indian food and um, I think what happened to me was I studied. I went to London. I went to Le Cornobla And I I always wanted to do French cuisine and pastry. It, it was pretty. It was nice. It was the in thing. Everyone was doing it. And this was my point in London when I was eating, um, eating a dish that I'd made. And I just looked at it and I was like, this looks amazing but it's not as delicious yes (laughs) and you know it was a turning point for me because I realized that there's so much goodness in our own cuisine which I think we were losing and I was like I'm a trained chef why am I not doing that and I went back home and I realized that it's Parsi food uh, that's cooked at home we're only about 69,000 in India as the number out of like 1.3 billion Oh, wow. So I was like, I want to make sure that my cuisine stays alive. I want to do this. And um, a restaurant called Soda Bottle Lok is doing that. So we're trying to revive and keep alive the dying legacy of the Parsi Irani Cafes. And that's the story. And I think it's inspired a lot of people to make sure that Indian regional cuisine can go places.
0: And do you think that it inspires people to... To do it to do it at home as well, or do they just come and they enjoy your meal at, at, at your restaurant and they think, oh, that was lovely. Let's try to do that again sometime. Or do they? actually They do go it at back, home. They do. they
1: do it, and even on my social media, I am posting recipes. And, and I recipes actually, also, yeah. yeah, I mean, she, she has, has so a beautiful big. setup to do it. Yeah, yeah. I just do it in my kitchen while I'm doing it. I'm like, okay, I'm back home. I'm just gonna do this. I'm gonna mix this, and I never realized that there are people out there who are dying to learn. They just want to know from you what's good and what's not. And when you get those kind of responses, for example, if I post a dish, oh, I just cooked this for dinner. Share the recipe. Tell us about it. How did you do it? How So then you feel like, oh, my God, there's so many people out there who want to know, who want to learn. And if we have the knowledge, let's share it with them.
0: You said that education is important. Is that, is that also something that you spend you spend time on? One thing is, is educating the younger generation about about the different food ingredients. Is that yes. something that you're involved in?
2: Yes, I have a center in Jordan. We teach uh, women, men, some of the men mm. and the kids. Now uh, that
0: is okay. so 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 I you said that uh, you, you don't like to say male and female, but but w- no. the, 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 the the you have said women both of you a couple of times yes. in this interview. Yeah. Why are women central to food and cooking and what you do?
2: Maybe in our area, women is more <laughs> Yeah, so when we're talking about our, our countries...
1: Women in in India and uh, probably the Middle East, yes. they are cooking for the family. Yeah. They are the center of the kitchen. They're the center of cuisine, and I mean, I've always seen my mother and the cook. shopping also, and the shopping, and you know, getting the, the, ingredients, and the and ingredients and taking care of the yeah. children. And I feel um, we've seen that they're actually the the keepers of the cuisine, but we don't see that in kitchens. We don't see that in the, in industrial kitchens, because I think their duties are at home Mm. and um, they're taking care of the family and that's what's been happening for so many years Mm. but that shift has happened that's that shift has actually like that change is happening now over the last 20 years 30 years I'm seeing that Mm. my mom is an is an entrepreneur now and I'm so proud about that. Oh, really so she makes the masalas which we use in our kitchen she actually makes it herself and it's it's a proud feeling to see that change happening, and I'm sure she can also tell you. I see men cooking now. I see yes, men helping yes, now, yes. and that change in India has been like the last a hundred years, and it's actually happening. So
0: there's a, there's a cultural shift that that it's, it's not perceived as a as a female activity, and it's not perceived as. Uh as a lack of a better word,
2: uncool. It's actually, yeah. but it's happening. Yes. I
1: can't say it's it's not a hundred percent.
2: It's really it's, a there is step. there is interest in this yes. one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. Have you
0: seen a, a change in mentality over the years? I mean, um, you're young, but you still you, you've had a dedication yes, for a long time. It's there is a change still,
2: because yeah. you know men st- in our area men st- start to understand that cooking is not just a job for a woman the And understanding the food and the 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 food culture, they start to understand mm. some of them they don 't know if you ask the men but for respect that please go and buy for me parsley or buy for me they don 't know <laughs> but now it 's improving mm.
0: so does this does this um in does this inspire how one thing is 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 how you you cook your food but in what ways does this uh, preoccupation with sustainability and 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 diversity in eating. In what way does that influence how you work? You, you you're active on social media. You have a television program. What what? How does it? How does it influence you in what in how you work and what you do and what you choose to do?
2: I think preparing uh, a menu, a list for shopping, uh, not wasting the food, reusing the remaining or leftover food. This is a very important. Sharing food also in our culture we like to share. Yep. Maybe we cook for like our family we have to send for neighbors we have to share with friends and at work and the school like we like to sharing. So we I for me I always advise my followers that to make use of every food they got Absolutely. every small bite so even.
1: So I think um, sustainability has to start at home. And uh, we are important, like we we do have an important message for everyone and as chefs, but also as just human beings on this planet. And um, some of the talks today have been so inspirational. And it also reminds me of the certain things that we do. And I think we can do better, which is, for example, when you're going shopping, just, you know, take a a shopping bag don't let them give you it plastic uh, at home for example if I get a gift at home the wrapping paper I wouldn't throw that away I'd use the wrapping paper I reuse it or I'd wrap gifts in newspaper why should I waste the newspaper and I'm just saying I'm just giving you small examples mm-hmm, yeah. of not just food so sustainability can start at home and I think um, each of us can do that and like uh, she was saying that use reuse you know your food or for example if you're using lemon juice don't throw away the skins put the skins into a bottle put water and drink that water because that's Better yeah, because yeah. you've got the nutrients from from the skin. Or, um, for example, I'll give you another example. If you've got fish bones after you've, um, you know, filleted yeah. the fish, put that into your lemon tree or into your soil because it, the proteins from the fish bone actually are very good for your soil. Yes. So there yes, are, are, yes, there are like two million things that you can do with everything that comes into your kitchen and reduce I waste. I remember my
2: mom when we used the zucchini. It's yeah. We, every week we have to eat this. The quinoa we empty and po- stuff with rice. Yeah. We create many dishes from uh, the, the, s- filling inside, yeah. yes. the filling inside. So yes. cucumber spaghetti. seeds, any
1: seeds that are left, you yes. can dry them. Any skins that are left. You don't need a lab for it. You don't need a kitchen with so much equipment. You can yeah, do everything in your kitchen. You can reduce wastage in your own homes. And you can do that in your own kitchens, in your own restaurants, in your own hotels. And you're already sustainable. You're already amazing. And yes. And uh,
2: we have a very nice case I want to mention in our area recently for a couple of years. A lot of um, communities start to do this. They create like a van. You can call them anytime. They come to your place after you finish your party or gathering. They collect the extra food. This is amazing, and they are doing thousands and thousands of meal of it. Mm-hmm. They bring like uh, disposable bags and plates, and, they div- and if you have really huge food, they just divide it like portions and pack it and give to the poor people. Or th- this is really working, very very successfully. Where is it? They're doing this in the we. You find it in Egypt, in Jordan, in uh, Gulf oh, area. Really? It's doing well, and is this initiative by NGOs or is it by governments or is it chefs? No, who no, came no. Up with it? Like, like uh, people, the, the, the local, people local, local people, local people, people, people that that doing come and, and it's yeah. like uh, so volunteers. Is, Sometimes, if you yeah. have a wedding party, you know, in our weddings, yeah, we are yeah. talking about <laughs> 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 you have big weddings, <laughs> like <You> thousands <laughs> and thousands, thousands of people yes. for weddings, yeah, and huge food quantities, huge, you know. So, all lift over they you can call them, and they come with their vans, and they can this is amazing there is a there's
0: a real awareness there about the the issue of food waste its it, I it think is on, it, it's it the
2: awareness because
1: we've got so many people, and yeah. we we don't want those people to go go home and go to sleep hungry mm. so I think it's very emotional, and I think it's something that's attached to every one of us and I think if we do our we do our little bit, I think we can all. Just be happy and sustainable. Mm.
0: So, my last question, which we ask all our guests, and it's particularly it's easier to ask it to you two. But when you invite, when you're off work, but given that you love cooking, you'll do it anyway. When you are off work, and you invite your nearest and dearest friends and family for a delicious, healthy, and sustainable meal, what would you make? T- what would you prepare for them? Tabula. Mm. <laughs> Tabule from Manala. What about you, Anahita?
1: Um, I think I would prepare a Parsi dish because a lot of people don't get to try that out. Uh, so it's it's simple uh, rice and lentils with uh, homemade tomato chutney. So it's called uh,
0: dal chawal and patio, which is sweet and sour. Mm. So, yeah, wow, I think <laughs> Sounds absolutely <laughs> delicious. Yes. And on that tasty note, we're going to say thank you very much to both of you for joining us today. Thank you. Thank, thank you so you.
2: much. Thank you.
0: Thanks for taking the time to listen to our podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to us because we're back next week with our guest Abigail Heron, the Global Head of Responsible Investment at Aviva Investors, to talk about how to put capital markets on a more sustainable footing and mobilize private finance to invest in the SDGs. In the studio with me today was producer Gustav Glomsetz, I'm Marianne Stixet, and you've been listening to the Food Can Fixer
2: podcast produced by EAT.